in the daily grind, and it grinds and grinds and grinds. Welcome to the 44th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. And today, we have one of the Beaties bros, Chris the Pick Pickering. Sugar mama, what you ain't one see? Are you into endocrinology? The pricker is a pricker and the pumper is pumped. Welcome back to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast, where we push the limit of diabetes possibilities by showcasing people who live their own authentic, creative life. And what about what a better what better of a guest than this guy? So I gotta just throw out that we were liking each other on Twitter and all social media. Nothing creepy, no stalking, but no casual. Casual stalking. Like, hey, yeah, you know what? I'm going to follow you. You're going to follow me. Yeah. And when I started looking at his profile, I was like, holy crap, this guy's in our neck of the woods. My God, he's in Oklahoma City. And why didn't we already know about him? It's rare to get another diabetes organization, social media group to hit up some of your stuff yes. in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So well, yeah, reached out. He reached back out quickly and we started the conversation. And I got to throw this out there because it's another partner, Ryan. I don't even know if you know this. He found out about us from... Our homie over at the Lynn Research Institute. Nice. When he was talking about his diabetes journey, she was uh-huh. like, you've got to meet these people. They're, you know? And so thank you, Asia, for passing along the card. We love Lynn. Yeah. And we love talking to Chris, too, because he personifies that idea of what we want to do with the show. Yeah. Somebody who has type 1, who's living their real life, and doing something to make the diabetes community a better place. And is brutally honest, just like our team. So we... Uh, this was a good one. This is not an episode where we talk about diabetes perfection. Mm-mm. Not an episode where we talk about just the highlights. Mm-hmm. We go to the lowlights. And ultimately, we hear, hear why Chris founded the Beaties Bros. Yeah, turning points. Yep. Turning points in his life, which is a wonderful message to put out there. It, whatever your path is with diabetes or where, whatever stage you're in. So He's all about education, informally. Uh, they also go to schools. They're working on Oklahoma education mm-hmm. and diabetes advocacy inside of the school, how to train teachers, the Beatties Bros. Yeah. So, and, and the Beatties Babes. And the Beatties Babes. Coming soon. Coming soon. So let me think. Is there anything else? No, I think that's, yeah, that pretty much covers it. Okay, before we get to the show, let's roll into some announcements. Announcements. We only have one. Well, maybe two. We've got a couple. Well, we have the standard. Love us, like us, and okay, the, shop on Amazon. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we haven't pushed that in a while, guys. With the, you have no idea what an impact that makes. I'm even stalking people that are at my job. I'm like, dude, I know you're, what you're buying your kids. Just it's click simple. on our banner. I know. Everybody uses bookmark Amazon. Bookmark us. Just bookmark it so you don't even have to think about going to our website. Click that link, Amber's Tattoo, then bookmark it. Woo! It's a huge help. Number Camp two. Blue Hawk is coming up. Oh, Yeah. We're participating again this year. Are we? We can't wait. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah, we are. Woo! Of course we are. Of course we are. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be at Camp Blue Hawk. It's going on end of July. And uh, just one of many camps. And you were at another camp. Yeah, I went to the Camp No Hilo, which is a part of the Diabetes Solutions team. And that, you know, is a totally different, but same concept in that. And I got to be with the young kiddos. And, what were the ages? Oh, I want to say four to nine or four to 11. Wow. They were youngins. No, was, my God, there were younger ones than that. Oh, and this is with Kim Boas Wilson. Yeah, it's one of our past guests. Team. And I ran into Mark Carter, one of our past guests. I mean, it was great. It was really, really random. Totally random. It was another one of those camps that we just hope that more kids get to go to. If you're curious about when the next happy hour is going to be, look out for early August. Yeah, we'll have in dates. In Oklahoma City. Yeah. It's not yet traveling yet. Until <laughs> um, we make some money. 
we, but soon. Uh, <laughs> but soon. Shop Oklahoma on City, next happy hour. And with that, we're going to go ahead and tell you about today's show partner that helped show us make partner. it happen. Good Glucose, company founded by people with type 1 diabetes. And they've broken down the diabetes test strip economic model by doing something really unique, giving back. For each new 12 subscribers, they give away a year of free test strips. So cool. At $35 per 100 strips, they compete with the lowest cost test strips at a lower price and better accuracy with free shipping. So, in order to support our show, and if you need some test strips, click on their link on our homepage, diabetesdailygrind.com, or visit diabetesdailygrind.com backslash good. Why aren't we all using them? The way that that was just described, my God, cheaper and yet more accurate. Free what, shipping. What's going on? Shows up Free shipping. What, what, you don't even have to go to the damn gr- a company <laughs> store. Of people with type ones. Yeah, they're all type ones. <laughs> good job, good glucose. So cool. With that, all right. Let's get into our chat with Pick. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, so I want to start by uh, saying how we came across each other. So, right. and help me with this in. I feel like you guys liked us on Twitter. Yes. And I kind of did my stalking investigative mm-hmm. work and I was like, holy shit, they're like down the street. They're mm-hmm. in Oklahoma city. And, um, why don't we know about these people and why aren't they at our happy hours? Mm-hmm. And so did I reach out to, Oh yeah. I sent you an email. Yeah. I, I had a contact us deal and you guys responded a lot faster than I thought you would. Mm-hmm. And we talked the next day on the phone, right? Yes. You gave me a ring and, but about a bong. I mean, we, you know, just this one, a similar connection mm-hmm. and, yeah, and I think we're all like, and we'll talk about this a little bit later about the the Beatties Bros and similar missions, mm-hmm. similar mindsets, and that I don't think that's rare, but it's uh, it's nice to stumble across. Absolutely. So, and how about this Oklahoma City diabetes scene? It's we're growing. Start, it's developing. It yeah. is. It, it's getting huge right now. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's unfortunate that it's getting huge because there's so many of us. Yeah. But no, I, I, the more the merrier. I think it's it's yeah. great, right? I mean, yeah. the more you add to the group, the bigger all these events get. I feel like the people that I know that I can go to with diabetes stuff or just see out socially, it's it's an entire group of people now when you go places. Oh, so it's 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 fun. Well, and it's to the point of we hosted our last mm-hmm. happy hour at the Speakeasy because the owner has type one, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Mike Bustamante, yeah, I think that's how you say it. And whenever we put that on Twitter. We got a message from one of the other bars and restaurants here, mm-hmm. Okinawa, and they're like, hey, we've got two di- people with diabetes on staff. Yeah. Host the next one here. And we're like, dude, we're in, you know? So. Well, and with 51st Street Speakeasy, one of their bartenders knows diabetes very well. That's actually my little brother. Who is it? Brian. Get out. Yeah. Okay, this is weird. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. It's your little bro? Yeah. Oh, cool. What? Oh, my gosh. Okay, wow. You gonna be able to do the show? I'm I'm kind of like taken back. There's so many diabetes connections mm-hmm. here, yeah, <laughs> and in the bar scene too, which because I feel like I'm out there. So wow, okay, right on, yay diabetes, right on. Okay, so tell us a little bit. Okay, so when were you diagnosed? Let's start there. I was diagnosed June of '88. Do you remember um, the day? It was either the 23rd or 24th, somewhere, somewhere in the mid 20 range. That's <laughs> A couple of weeks out yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah. We'll be celebrating my 29th anniversary. Uh, we're just going to plan it for the 25th just because don't Do truly know the day. That'll so work. We'll just, we'll have a party then for it. Nice. Okay, so how did you, how did, you have a family history. 
Yes. So tell me about the family history and what what made your mom or whomever decide to take you in? Well, started with the the first diagnosis was one of my uncles on my father's side. And gosh, I don't remember when Mike was diagnosed. And then one of my father's other brothers, Daryl, was diagnosed um, as a child as well. Hmm. Um, Mike, unfortunately, passed, we believe, due to a just low blood sugar episode mm-hmm. while out partying one night oh, yeah. And, yeah. and just didn't recover from it. Yeah. Um, Daryl was actually one of the first recipients of a pancreas transplant. Wow. Like a full on, full on pancreas transplant. He had pancreas and kidney yeah. at the same time. And wow. went yeah. on. We know with, people. Daryl Lehman. Yeah. 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 And went on without diabetes for the remainder of his life. Unfortunately had many other complications due to diabetes. And so, ultimately took his life on my mother's side um, one of my uncles was diagnosed uh, actually while over in Germany um, with the military mm-hmm. and sent him home and then his daughter was diagnosed as well um, the only one still remaining is my uncle my cousin was, went to a birthday party and this was in the 70s when diabetes still wasn't truly known and any research yeah. done on yeah. it ate a bunch of birthday food and went into diabetic coma and never recovered from that. Wow. So wow. by the time yeah. my diagnosis came along in 88, there was already, you know, well over a decade of history, almost two decades mm-hmm. of history. And, you know, went through the, the typical stuff. They thought it was flu or virus yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. And when I didn't recover and finally got to the point of, DKA and not being able to hold food down or even mm-hmm. hold water down. Mom was like, it's probably diabetes. And with, with my uncles and their input on it, we're like, let's get him to the hospital yeah. and let's, let's see what's going yeah, on. Her threshold for suspicion was already really low. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, so, okay. Do you, do you remember a point in time in your life when you didn't have diabetes? I don't. And I get yep. asked the question all the time, what would I do with a normal life? Ah, and yes. for me, uh, I don't know. No, I say that often. Yeah. yeah. Like I know nothing else. Yeah. What were your parents like with all of those things that happened in the background? A lot of suffering, um, a lot of, a lot of, I, I would say resentment, anger versus mm-hmm. type one diabetes. Did, do you feel like that helped create more empathy surrounding your life growing up? Or do you think it was a guardedness? Well, I mean, what do you think? With my mother, Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. oh yeah. She, I mean, still to this day, I'll get random texts from her. <laughs> How's your blood sugar and stuff like that. Nice. Um, with my father losing losing his brother at such a young age, yeah. Um, it it truly it created some distance there, and I don't know that we've ever truly recovered mm-hmm. from that. Um, you know, with that oh. that fear of already losing one family member with it. You know, uh, creating that that relational distance there to, Mm -hmm. I mean, you never get past a father's and a son's love for each other, but that true attachment is, is not there. And honestly believe that's due to diabetes and the fear of loss. Oh yeah. I bet there's PTSD there. Yeah. Yeah, Seriously. For sure. I mean, Oh, massive, Mm -hmm. massive memory. And yeah, that's tough. Well, and on that note too, did you feel like since you, you'd heard the stories about the family members dying Mm -hmm. and all the crazy complications, 
when you were diagnosed or at any point, did you, did that play a major factor in, I'm going to have a horrible life? It, it never did with, uh, with both my uncles and of course with the family and the, and them going on leading very successful lives and everything they did, you know, uh, <clears throat> not to truly plug them, but the, with one uncle, he was, he was the director of the, the reptile house here at the Oklahoma City Zoo and moved on to be one of the directors at the Tulsa Zoo. Oh, that's and cool. And so yeah. had a very successful life <laughs> in his career. And then my other uncle actually got to play with Merle Haggard in his house band. Shut up. So, Sick. I Merle. mean, both these guys with <laughs> with type one that, you know, they lived out their dreams. Yeah. And so for me, that was that was my focus that I could do anything they they could do. And with, you know, with the kids at the time not knowing what diabetes was and of course the the stigma that came across with mm-hmm. it is you know they're going to catch it i was like you know <laughs> at a young kid's age and the mentality hold my beer watch this yeah and so and i just i pursued everything to the absolute fullest hmm. inside of our uh, i think it was more common back say 10 20 years ago that if you had diabetes there was this automatic Association that this is what was going to happen with your life, mm-hmm. but what we have to realize, and I think what you've realized too, looking back at the past, is that this is your journey. Yeah, yours is completely different. You live in a different time. The treatment that's available mm-hmm. is completely different, and it's constantly changing. Yeah, and it's it's good to be aware of all those things that happened in the past to family members or anybody that we hear mm-hmm. about. But it, but it's new. We're it in a is. fresh moment. Diabetes is not a black and white disease. Yeah, you know? well, we're finally to that point. Thank goodness. Finally, yep. You well, know. Just remember when I was diagnosed too. I, when uh, th- when they told my parents, and I remember this, that if I made it to my twentieth, if I lived twenty years with this disease, with period, but with my feet, and my eyesight, and yada, mm-hmm. whatever, then it was going to be amazing. Yeah. And so when I reached that twentieth anniversary, not even calling it that at that mm-hmm. point, it was just like, holy shit, I'm still here. Yeah. It, it you know it, I remember just having a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. because I, I didn't expect this. And I'd qual- I still have quality of life. Yeah. So it's kind of like, fuck you guys, prove you wrong. Where's the research on that? You know, why yeah. are we giving these kids these death sentences? So. And, and that's what we dealt with. Uh, the doctor flat out pulled my mom to the side and be like, your son's not going to outlive you. And so, I mean, yeah. that, you know, of course, that it kind of put an umbrella over me. And I mean, she hovered over me at sure. all times. But, you know, that was the mentality that I grew up with for the, mm-hmm. for the longest time. And even getting into my 20s still had that mentality that 40 is maybe going to be it for me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was dealing at that time with what appeared to be different ailments associated with diabetes. Right. And it's like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, and sunk into a very deep depression over that. Sure. But, you know, later on, a few years down the road, got truly connected with the community and you got people out there like, well, I've had it for 50 years. Well, I'm living with 45 years on it. I'm like, well, these are a bunch of badasses. Around <laughs> right. The and they, they've got their toes. Yeah. And so and it, it brought a whole new light and a brand new inspiration to everything I was doing. And that's when I started truly reaching out. And, you know, it was before some of the other bigger organizations mm-hmm. in the community were, were evolving at that point and even getting created. And so it was just a, you know... MySpace and Facebook oh and it's gosh. early running. Forgot about MySpace, yeah. yeah. And you know, just Ryan, were you old enough to be? Did you ever do MySpace? Never had a MySpace. 
Yeah. It's, I was like, like one year away. I was one year away from a MySpace. Almost 33. I'll be 33 in July. You guys are all young. Yeah. So it's whatever. Okay, keep going. Whatever. MySpace was still cool. It, it's the originator <laughs> of everything we're truly doing now. Whoever's still on it. Is you couldn't even, even get, you might have to check cooler. if you can get yeah. on it. I may no, it's, still, have, it's still out there. I may still yeah. have a profile. Keep going. We're going to find that and put it in the show notes if there's one out there. <laughs> I, I believe I still have one as well. I don't. I don't know how to log into it anymore. I wouldn't either. And that email address is probably 10 email addresses ago. <laughs> oh, there's right. no way to even sign into that email yeah. address anymore. No, no, it's, it's long gone. But, you know, just started reaching out to people in the community. And, you know, one of my favorite things is when I was on an insulin pump is, by God, if you saw somebody with an insulin pump, you're, you're like, like that's my homie. Yeah, <laughs> instant friends. Yeah. And, and you would, and you would go up and talk about it. And there was that excitement, like, how do you know what an insulin pump is? And turn around, and you know, at that time I had one on my hip and pull my shirt up and be like, check this out. And, <laughs> and it was the cool thing for us. But now with, you know, with all the aspects of media and, you know, Twitter, Facebook, everything, now it's, you know, put in a hashtag and you're like, all right, I can talk to this person, this person, and this person. Yeah. And, you know, with what we're doing, we've got, we've got people in London we talk to on a regular mm-hmm. basis. We've got the Philippines now, um, Sweden, all over Australia. Australia I mean, loves us. Yeah, absolutely. That's, As, I mean, like, what is going on in Australia? Thank you. Can Australia we, is just awesome. Can you just it's bring just us awesome over? Place. Absolutely. That's, that's what I want to do. And then the other big one we've got is... London's a huge base force and mm-hmm. Sydney's a huge base force. Mm-hmm. But now um, in Auckland, we're getting a bigger following in Auckland. I love Auckland. Interesting. And, yeah. You know, just to, I want to go there just to nerd out. I mean, hang out with a bunch of diabetics, <laughs> but go check out all the Lord of the Rings scenery oh, out. We want to, we're going to piggyback on your trip. Just say, I, I'm saying that right now. Along. We'll do the podcast there. That'd be a good time. Just throwing that out there. Go, yeah. Keep going. So, but let me ask you this really quick. So I'm throwing you out there. You mm-hmm. have four children. Four children. At 33. At 33. I don't know how you're still alive, but do you fear at all them having type one? Absolutely. Um, We actually just with our one-year-old daughter, um, she went through a phase where she was just sick. I mean, just Mm -hmm. seemed like every other week. And we were in the ER probably about three weeks ago. And the doctor was like, well, I can't find anything. And I yell at the doctor. I was like, nobody's checked her for diabetes go get your stuff now yeah. and he's like he's like well is there a family history and i was like oh jesus here we go let me tell you about the family history yeah. and immediately he's like okay let's do it and luckily everything came back with her perfectly fine we've never had any any close calls or any reason to believe with any of the boys have you tried it with have you done um and we've talked about this in many episodes trial net which is a, a an organization that if there's not a facility here lo- that you can go to, they will let you know the pro- probability, is that the word, of your child if they have the chemical makeup that they can become, ty- get the, d- the disease. And if it's, I don't think there's any place here in Oklahoma, I'm not really sure, but if not, then they can send the kit to your pediatrician. And it's and if they determine that whatever cells, the beta cells, is that what mm-hmm. it is? Uh, it's it tracks, doctor. It tra- <laughs> Chime it, in. Well, it, it tracks antibodies. Antibodies. So that's right. It tracks yeah. the antibodies if they're building up. 
Um, if they get to a certain spot, mm. then you say, yes, there's a good chance that there's not as many beta cells left. But yes, they, they do that testing and they have a center out of um, Children's Hospital in Oklahoma City. Okay, And, and then they, they send it out. And it's through the Children's Endocrinology um, group. But again, it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's only for knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, there's not a, there's some research out there about preventing it. Yeah, they've got mm-hmm. pills you can take leading mm-hmm. up to that can well, prolong. Not, not everybody does. This not is not everybody. like a okay. general treatment yet. Mm-hmm. This is only in research. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's possible. Yeah. Um, it's it, Yeah, it's all in research still. Um, but Thank goodness for research. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay, so sorry yeah. to throw that out yeah. there, but yeah. Yeah, and we haven't we haven't gone that far to check into it yet. Uh, every time that we have had any of the kids had their blood sugar checked, uh, they're all <clears> spot on. And I'm you know as the dad with diabetes, I'm sitting there like that. Yeah, You're good. You, you got perfect numbers, and yeah. I don't like you right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but also listening to your attitude. Mm-hmm. You're, you're already about this. Hey, go get your dream. Mm-hmm. I have diabetes. I'm going to go live it out, whatever. So I feel like, you know, if it happened, you'd be like, all right, cool. You hey, got you this. Have diabetes, yeah. Let's go live life. doesn't yeah. matter. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Let's roll. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. if, you know, if anything were to ever happen and, you know, if they become diabetic, you know, it was like with my family, it was, it wasn't that big of a deal. And, you know, especially with me being diagnosed so young, I didn't remember anything otherwise. So if that ever happens to my kids, well, we've got firsthand experience. I mean, everybody in the family already knows what to do. So there's no worry about, oh, do we have to train grandma on what to do? Oh, right. you know, do we got to right. do this and this and this? It's oh, just, yeah, there's no training. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's a weird advantage. It, it is. <laughs> and it, I mean, you, I, I don't want to say it's lucky to have that knowledge, but, <laughs> you know, if it ever does come about, we've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, no big thing. Yeah. No big thing. All right, so walk us back to the beginning of the Beatties Bros. Where, where were you at whenever you had the idea for this concept? Yeah, I was actually on the road. Uh, and it, this is all... The true concept of the Beatties Bros uh, started, or just the, the name Beatties Bros started about two years ago. Uh, my wife and, and Neat were... They worked on movie sets together. Uh, she did hair and makeup, and he did special effects makeup. Cool. And hmm. he started talking about something. He's like, well, I've got to go check my blood sugar. And she's like, check your blood sugar. I know what that's about. <laughs> Wait a second. And, There's you know, only one disease I know of that does this. <laughs> and put two and two together. And she's like, are you diabetic? And he's like, well, yeah, I am. And she's like, you got to meet my husband. And, you know, and they'd already had a friendship before. And then we... We met up, and the the term Beatus Bros actually came, or Beatus Bros, however, it, tomato, tomato. Beatus, you said Beatus. Like, diabetes. I, I prefer Beatus just because when that commercial came out with oh, yeah. Brimley, and he's Utah? like, the diabetes. <laughs> and, you know, that's, There's an element of seriousness, but also nostalgia. I think it's Oklahoma, too. It's Oklahoma. Oh, 50% in, of the hospital staff. At OU Medical uses diabetes. Yeah, hmm. you know, I mean it's very common, very common. And, yeah, that's, and I, it grows in me more and more every time I hear it. Yeah. I, well, you know, and with everybody that we work with so far, it you know it's thrown out both ways. So for us, there's there's no writer. Yeah. yeah, it it just it works as long as the name's out there. That's agreed. That's yeah. all we care about. So, Neat tells his family, "Hey, I'm going to go meet with my Beatus bro," and he meets me down in Norman one day. And we just, that, that instant, just 
almost call it a bromance. I mean, yeah, we get it. He just, he gave me a hug and he's like, man, you know what I'm going through. And I was like, you know what I'm going through? Like (laughs) friends forever at this point. Yeah. It's like stepbrothers. It it truly was. With diabetes. And and we just, we started throwing that around. Anytime we would get together, it was, well, it's the Beatus bros hanging out. And about two months ago, I was on the road with my work going up to Enid to go do some things. And that's where he lives. And I was like, I'm just going to go see my Beatus bro. And I was like, hold on. Whoa. Like that, that big <laughs> light bulb went off. And of course, if you know anything about driving up Highway 81, mm. there's about 30 miles where there's no, there's no cell reception. Yeah. There's nothing to look at. And <laughs> so here I am sitting there. on these yeah. ideas and I've got nobody to talk to about it. <laughs> so it just gave me more time to think of more ideas. And I was like, what if we just have fun with this? And we, we just put it out there and see what happens. So I get out there and I start talking to him and I'm like, what do you think about us just doing some social media stuff, get on Twitter and do all that? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so that's where we did our first first picture in my work truck. And it's just the most god-awful picture ever. But we're like, <laughs> you know, we're just going to run with it. And we started doing posts. And, you know, that first day we got like 100 new followers on tr- Twitter. And we're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And we start talking about random stuff and what we would like to do. And everybody's like, hey, absolutely, run with it. And we're like... Okay, we may be on to something here. Mm-hmm. And so literally as the next few days come about, you know, we got reached out to by uh, some of the other diabetes organizations. Mm-hmm. And I mean... They're stalkers. They are. Um, absolutely. And they're like, we love what you're doing. How about you do that for us? And we're like, huh, no, <laughs> we're, we're going to do our own thing. But then some other great organizations reached out and they're like, hey, whatever you need help with, we're here for you. Um, oh, that's cool. To shout out one of my favorites is... Uh, Beyond Type 1. I love Beyond Type 1 uh, and what they're doing. And I've talked to multiple people in their organization, mm-hmm. and they're they're a huge help in, mm-hmm. in where we are now. Um, the diabetes dude. I mean, Noah is absolutely amazing. He reached out to us, and he was like, you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. I want to help. And I'm like, oh, really? I don't know who this is. And I was like, but... Absolutely. <laughs> right. And, you know, over the next few days that uh, I got in touch with his mom. And, oh, that's and right. We, yeah. Tracy. Yeah. And, you know, Tracy has been a huge help to getting us to the to the point where we're at. And, you know, Noah just goes into everything, guns blazing, and just is like, diabetes is awesome. We're awesome. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brandon Denson, uh, who is a former former football player, a great story that he's got. He played for Michigan state and was, he's, he's just a stud and we got, Spartan. Yeah, yeah, we just all got in touch and, and, you know, things really started forming. Then we started the, the Instagram account and ran with that. And that's kind of where our big focus is right now. Um, I'm not the most tech savvy guy by any means. I mean, tweets are perfect for me because I don't have to think about what I'm saying. I've only got 140 characters and I'm right. good. Yeah. It, it and, almost caps out yeah. what is even possible. Yeah, it just and keeps you know, it brief. Everybody's talking about, well, Snapchat is the place to go. And all I know Who has about time it, for that? I my wife sends pictures of her and my daughter all the time with all the different faces that go on it. Right. And I'm like, I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, we're going to hold off on that. But that that's probably coming down the road. Oh, but, great. Yeah. It, uh, it will not be me most likely running that. It'll be somebody else on the team doing that. You never know. 
You never know. Maybe, maybe if I can tap into this ridiculousness, you can you can do it too. I, I would prefer not to, but I don't I let it will consume you. Don't point. let it consume you. Yeah. But you know, the social media account got involved, um, and we already had the intention of doing the beat us babes mm-hmm. as well. We just we weren't prepared to do that as soon as we did. Mm-hmm. And a couple girls reached out to us and they're like, we'd, we'd love to be a part of what you're doing and bring the female perspective. And I was like, well, we've got something in the works. And then we got it. We got an email and we're like, okay, this is the person. This is who we're running with. We're going to do it. And that's when we brought Bridget and Courtney on to run the beta spaves and run the female perspective mm-hmm. on it. And both awesome girls. And then, Shortly after we added them, we added my good buddy, Ron, into the Beatus Bros as the third bro. And he's actually a guy <laughs> that I worked with um, for quite some time in the in the car industry. And, you know, he's he sends me a message one day on Facebook. He's like, I thought the Beatus Bros was our thing. And it was just... You're like you cheated on him. It was. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I was like, what, what's going on here? And I was like, man, you're involved in this. Let me talk to you about what we're doing. And we spent about an hour on the phone that night. And he was like, I started to go on about something else. He's like, stop. I don't need to hear anymore. He was like, you know, that Jerry Maguire moment, you had me at hello. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like, I'm fully in. And it, you know, it works out great since he is here locally that you know we get to do a lot of stuff together and so that progressed to the point where we're at now and you know got turned on to you guys um actually by asia who's oh we love asia she is awesome like yeah just you know that is ryan right asia um she's from from norman yeah and what's the name of the it's the research lynn research Institute. institute yeah 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 and you know i told her i sat down one day and she was like well, your blood sugar seemed a little off when she was going through my log. And I was like, a lot of stress happening. Dude, lately. and that log is a bitch. I I've done a research. I, I've been a part of the trials. Mm-hmm. God love him. God love him because we have to do them. Mm-hmm. But man, to have to log all that stuff on paper. If I could get the box, they keep all those in and burn them. Oh my God. We'd have a bonfire <laughs> yes. and beer drinking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I, you know, I was like, well, there's a lot of stress going on. She's like, well, what's happening? I was like, well, we started this deal called the Beatus Bros. And she's like, well, tell me more about it. And started talking to her. And she's like, have you talked to Diabetes Daily Grind? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I haven't had a chance to even look at anything going on at this point. It's like. You're so I, focused on your stuff. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, I'm answering tweets and Instagram and this and this and this and answering emails. I was like, I haven't had a chance. She's like. Reach out to him. And so that's when I found you guys on Twitter. And I was like, so glad you did. Oklahoma City, <laughs> here we go. And I mean, almost, you know, rest is history at this point. That's funny. God, and how quickly it happened. Because literally, yeah. that was last week, right? When we talked a week or so ago. Yeah, a week, maybe 10 days. Yeah, I was going like to say that. 10 days. Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma City, what are you doing? Rocking it with the diabetes folks. That's awesome. Rocking it. Well, it seems like your focus is completely on this genuine. Here's our life. We've got diabetes. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to stop us. Let's roll. Yeah. And how can we spread this mission? Mm-hmm. How can we get as many stories out there as possible again about people doing this? Let's put some images up that share our story and show, hey, we're out here doing it. Mm-hmm. We're in the real world. I, I, I just love it because it's simple. Yeah. It's powerful. It's a powerful message. And that's yeah. what we wanted to bring to the table from the get-go is that, you know, there's, of course, when you look at any 
any cinema stuff, any of the films, any of the TV shows, they don't portray diabetes well at all. And of course, then it... It's kind of a joke. It it truly is. Yeah. And, you know, with... There's a big diabetes voice in Hollywood, but it's it's drowned out and nobody hears about it. So we're Mm -hmm. like, how can we take this to the next level and get this out into the public's hands? And that's where we came up with the idea for... We don't want to truly call it a, a documentary because there will be a documentary that comes out of it where we're doing the individual stories. Yeah. And the whole purpose of doing that is that you take a guy like me who's lived with it for almost 29 years now. You've got Neat who's on 23 years. Ron's on nine years with it. Is your Dexcom going off? Is there something going off there? No. Um, that is everything going on with the Beatus Bros at this, this point. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hearing beeping. I'm like, is your, what's going on with your CGM? Okay, yeah. go ahead. But we're like, we want to get these stories out there, and we wanted a very diverse range. Um, one of the first stories that is outside of just the foundation itself is another good friend of me and Ron's. His son was diagnosed two years ago. Mm. And so we're putting Carter's story out there as our first story that we want to debut. Oh, nice. And with, you know, bringing that true family aspect that, hey, we're still new to all this. We're still learning. Mm-hmm. And that way, other families who are newly diagnosed, yeah. you know, they hop on the YouTube and they're like, okay, well, here's this story. Um, with Bridget, Bridget was only diagnosed back in September. So she brings a whole new aspect mm-hmm. to it. That How old's Bridget? Bridget is 26. Okay, late onset. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she brings a couple different facets to the table mm-hmm. with being being in her 20s when she was diagnosed and actually truly living a normal life, but also that she is still brand new to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. she's experienced a lot, but she hasn't experienced things like myself or Need or Courtney or anybody else has just yet. So then, you know, for those of us that have lived with it for such a long period, we get to see what we've either forgotten or we were too young to understand. Absolutely. And so it brings a whole new light to the table. Yep. It's a diabetes curveballs. It the, is. An endocrinologist or a family physician, a pediatrician, no one's, they're not going to understand that. They're just going to say, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and with what we're doing and, and when we get all these stories out there or get them started, somebody, no matter where they're at in their life, um, we've got a couple guys that are living with it for 50 years. I mean, Mm -hmm. these guys are up in their sixties and seventies. They're like, we want to share our story too. I absolutely hear that story. So that's what we want to do is we want to, we want to talk to anybody and everybody. And of course dealing with autoimmune, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many others, you know, that come along with it. I've been blessed enough myself that it's just been diabetes, but you've got others that, you know, graves, Celia, you know, all those. yeah, Yeah. That come along with it, and it's like, God, you know, it's it's a hard enough battle with diabetes, but rheumatoid arthritis. Yes, I didn't know that was like a major. That's one that my uncle deals with yeah. really bad. Yeah, and so we want to bring all those different stories and have it out there to everybody. Because let's face it, we live in a society now with social media the way it is that if you're reading any more than a paragraph, you're bored out of your mind. It's got to be be a video in order to sit down. And so that's where we want to go with it. That way they can sit down. If they're sitting in the hospital room and they're like, I just got diagnosed. We want them to be, you know, luckily we got it worked out with 
a lot of the endos around here that if there is new diagnosed that they're reaching out and saying, Hey, I'm shocked by that just a little bit. And the only reason I say that is because with hospitals and I'm sure Ryan, I don't know if you can chime in on this at all, but they have very control. They want to control what mm-hmm. you're going to talk about. Yeah. So you're not going to be out there saying, Oh, well, I eat cake and I drink booze and yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, and, and I want to say too, when you guys start putting out these videos, we'll gladly repost or do whatever mm-hmm. we can to help put them out there as well, because we're all about the same mission. Mm-hmm. We just don't have time to do that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the way we got in with a few of the doctors that we're working with mm-hmm. was not through the doctors themselves. Um, it was, it was through their staff and explaining nice. the stories of what yeah. we were doing. Um, it, you know, you take the business aspect of it. You it's very hard to walk into a CEO of a company and say, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to help. Yeah. You, you know, you do that groundbreaking work to get in there and yeah, it's, it's just, it's climbing. You got to get through the gatekeeper. You do. And, and you know, it's, I started that journey, you know, many years ago and that's where, you know, they've just seen what we're doing and now we're moving and progressing with it. And well, I want to oh, go ahead. Um, BD's bros has identified maybe the most frustrating aspect of living with type one, which is that nobody around you really understands what it's like to live with type one unless you live in the same home with that person. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because in Hollywood, you see little glimpses, maybe one movie every 10 years where Mm -hmm. it pops up. And the famous people that are, you know, you know, famous people, Nick Nick Jonas up up there just like rocking out with a Dexcom or something. But I mean, that's, that's the only stuff you see. And if people can actually get the highlight into what a day to day life is like for somebody who's had it for two years and they're eight years old, or they've had it for 60 years and they're 70 years old. Like that would be so cool because people could actually get it. Yeah. Because nobody gets it because they, our friends only see us and only relate type one to us whenever we have a low blood sugar Mm -hmm. or, we pull out our meter and test right in front of them, or somebody has to hit us with glucagon. Yeah. I mean, like these are the only moments but they, they don't have know, with us. And they, they don't, don't know see the, the thoughts, daily grind. Yeah. The thoughts yeah. like of what it is, what you're battling through the whole back end. And, yep. and that's exactly what we want to bring to the public side. Because yep. I mean, yes, we do want to help the other, you know, especially the newly diagnosed or if they're going through that dark time of diabetes mm-hmm. um, that everybody at some point in time, unfortunately goes through and some go through multiple times. But one of our biggest missions is is the public side of it. Um, kind of where this all stemmed from, uh, multiple different scenarios, was one, I was in fourth grade in elementary and was not allowed to have my morning snack to stop alone. That low happened, and luckily for the school, this was before everybody was so happy and understood that you could <laughs> yeah, sue. I was gonna say. It's a different time uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. But I walked out and I was trying to get to the nurse's office. I knew what was going on, but I was so low that I couldn't communicate at that point. Mm-hmm. So I just got up and I walked out and I fall and I split my eyelid open on a wall and had to get stitches that day because of it. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, later on into... I wasn't at drinking age yet, so I had to be 18 or 19, not a legal drink. <laughs> legally, age. yeah, I was going to say, legal. Um, my mom gets called, uh, and how she got called, I don't know, because I was completely incoherent, so maybe I blurted out her number or something. But a, a gas station attendant called and was like, come pick up your drunk son. He's stumbling all over my, my place and just being, being stupid. And she was like, my son doesn't drink. And before I learned how awesome drinking was on the small scale, um, 
but and I didn't. But no, you were actually sober. You were yeah. actually sober yeah, at this point. I had just, yeah. I had just gotten off work, and I guess I stopped to get. As I remember, I remember fumbling to get my gas cap off, so I was stopping to get gas and just completely fell out. And <laughs> police officers show up, and there I'm getting handcuffed, getting cuffed, and my mom you know, comes in tires screaming and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa diabetic let's get him a coke let's get him something and i mean i remember did going, they even look at your driver's license or anything i mean like so there was no like i was so blacked out at that point yeah that you have I, no idea. I don't know well, um, think about in numbers too if you're a police officer and you have the night shift how many drunk people you're gonna see yeah. oh versus for sure. how many type ones it, yeah. it's got to be so far off the radar yeah I mean, I, have to, I can't blame him. If I, if I if I ran my car off the road into a tree and a police officer came up and asked me if I had diabetes, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd expect wouldn't. to wake up in jail. Yeah. You well, know? I'll tell you, the, there was yeah. a video that went around about a month ago of an officer that pulled a guy over that was claiming he was diabetic. <laughs> and the officer knew about diabetes. And good. He, and good. He goes up and you can see it on the dash cam and or on the body cam. And he asked the guy, he's like, Type A or Type B, and the guy's like, "Well, Type B, of course." And he's like, "Step out of the car." And so, uh, there's there's people that have. I need you to send that to me. I'm going to put that is, in our show notes because that that's total awesome. bullshit. Yeah, like, that is so great. Kudos yeah. to the police officer for yeah. outwitting that bastard. Type A or yeah. Type B. And that's the thing is, you know, the public has a very small general knowledge that there mm-hmm. are different types of diabetes, but. Yeah. If you have it, you know which one you have. Exactly. I'd hope to God. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) so, I mean, that's another deal that we're working with is, you know, educating law enforcement on it that, you know, we want to have fun with it because me personally, I'd love to see a guy say type A or type B in person and, (laughs) and, and just get them. What a great screening test. If you're a police officer and you walk up to a car and this person says that, that should be the first thing they're trying to say. Because no matter how low I am, I'm going to answer type one. Yeah. No matter how low. Well, and I got to say, I was in a major car accident in 2012. And because of my tattoo, when they put me in the uh, ambulance, Mm -hmm. they thanked me. Yeah. Literally. And and I said, the first thing whenever I came to, I tested my blood sugar. Uh Because I thought, oh my God, I must be low. I feel so weird. What's happened? Not knowing I was pinned in the car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, even ate my emergency candy just mm-hmm. in case it was the weirdest thing, but yeah, we, we could do a lot with law enforcement. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, with, with knowing multiple okay. first responders, yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, I heard a story from one of my neighbors the other day who, who worked with IMSA mm-hmm. for a long time. And he told us, told me about the very first time he went on a guy just going into an insulin reaction and just how strong diabetics are in that moment and that it took him the other the other IMSA guy and four firefighters to hold this guy down his blood sugar was too high or too low too low too low yeah. okay it's fight yeah. or flight right yeah and you know I can relate to that I was in I was a senior in high school and had a low blood sugar after soccer practice and it took four firemen to hold me down to get me stabilized. Wow. And I'm like, Man, yep. like, where'd that strength go? I need it. I need it back now. Can I, I, yeah. can, I get, can I get back to the strength without being 20? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, I mean, we want to, we're fixing this or we've got mm-hmm. a meeting with Oklahoma education uh, about working with the schools. On, yeah. You know, I shared the story about when I was in fourth grade and, you know, had a, 
not as severe episodes in junior high and high school, but it's still that fact that not everybody on staff is educated. Well, and, and we want to introduce you to Trish Winters, not to interrupt you. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but I want to say this because both of her children, both of her boys have type one mm-hmm. and she is fighting and they're writing legislation essentially that every, every teacher, every, everyone in that school has to, to understand the signs and yeah. whatever of a low blood sugar and, or react in a kind fashion that yeah. if a kid can't talk, there's a reason why. Yeah. And that's, and that goes right in line with what we're working yeah. on, what we're talking with, with the state department about hmm. um, next Wednesday. And that's one thing we want to do Exciting. is very exciting. Yeah. yeah. We don't, we don't want situations like, like I had mm-hmm. to be commonplace. Mm-hmm. And if it happens more than once, it's happened far too many times already. Oh, so many yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember sitting in class not wanting to walk down the hall or not wanting to interrupt class mm-hmm. to go get blood sugar tablets out of the principal's office yeah. because I'd already done it earlier in the day yeah. and I didn't want to be a nuisance. Yeah. And it's, and I know that that, that happens all the time, mm-hmm. but what, who was telling us the other day, Amber, that Oklahoma is actually one of the most progressive States when it comes to type one diabetes, um, education inside the school systems. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I feel like it had to have been Trish. It was, or, it was probably Trish. I'm, I'm yeah. sure it was probably Trish. Josie's mom. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you hear from, from them. And let us know if we can there. help in any way yeah. because oh, that is, is so important. Oh, it's so important. Yeah. And, and really, we can't expect teachers to know everything about type 1 diabetes. And you can't expect but really, a teacher to... really, all we need to do is just recognize low blood sugars. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah, to know the warning signs. Mm-hmm. And if the kid is hooked up, I know a lot of they're doing now that the teacher actually has access to, if they have a Dexcom, mm-hmm. they can see that and report to the mom, even though the mom already has it. Yeah. And I know the mom, if and we, I just visited yesterday, the camp, no high low, which is mm-hmm. a part of diabetes solutions. And the kids are, I think ages four to 10 maybe. And the, I'm not going to say hovering parents, but mm-hmm. the parents like, hi, my daughter's blood sugar is. 407 or yeah. it's 38 or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we're on it. You mm-hmm. know, we're here with you and we're seeing yeah. the same numbers. Let us manage it. Yeah. And it's, I feel I've said this from the beginning, worse for the parents than I do for the person with mm-hmm. diabetes because you can't control it. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, yep. I stood for so long and, you know, I, I can't say resentment towards my mom, but I knew where I was at. I knew what I was doing or wasn't doing. Yes. Uh, many scenarios like that, but you know, she was just trying to figure out what was going on and trying to make sure I was okay. Where I'm, you know, in this holier than thou attitude saying, no, I'm just, I'm good. I got this. Let me be. Yeah. Yeah. All of us have had diabetes for about the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all above multiple decades Mm -hmm. as far as having diabetes. Um, do you think people with, with type one have control issues inside oh, their lives because sure. we've had to be so independent for so long? Yeah, that was, uh, just, just with starting the Betis bros. Like mm-hmm. I, it was now with good, good question, Ryan with, with neat. He's on movie sets all the time. And so, <laughs> you know, he's, he's very active behind the scenes, but you know, I, I got to have, that control. And when I realized that this was getting bigger than I could manage, it was, it was hard. You know, I I had the people reaching out and it was, I didn't want to say, Hey, let's, let's run with this. I was like, no, I can, I can figure out a way to do this. 
Right. And I can manage this. Yeah. And you know, and it finally, it finally took that point of like, no, there's, there's no way I can do it. It's time to, you know, relinquish the hold of it and let somebody else run with it. And, you know, luckily in doing so, we brought great perspectives in with that. But in, in so many aspects of my life, I do, I hold, I hold that control. I mean, that's, that's why I love the career I have because it's just me and I cover the entire state by myself. I don't, I get to do everything on my own. Mm -hmm. How does your wife feel about that though? I mean, like if you are, I think we're all kind of control freaks in our own way mm-hmm. because we've had to be so independent. It's a survival instinct. It's survival for, for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, how does your wife, does she ever a say anything about you're acting weird or whatever? Or yeah. How do you, Hey sweetheart, you yeah. might be low. Yeah. Anything like that. Have you checked your pressure yeah. lately or whatever? It, it's a daily thing in our house. <laughs> um, you know, we've joked around about the diabetes monster for a long time. Um, now it's to the point she's just like, you're being an ass. Go <laughs> go get your test kit. Or if uh, I get really goofy when I'm low, yeah, and I, I like yeah. to have a lot of fun when I'm low. And when I really start picking at her, and I've got the goofy smile on my face, she's like, "Go get some juice." And she's like, "I'm <laughs> I'm not here to play games. Just go get it." Dude, there is mm-hmm. a, an element of the. I, I guess, yeah, like the sillies that comes along with being low, yeah. especially if you're in like the 60s and 70s. Yes. It's like a joking type of uh-huh. relaxation. And then that crankiness yeah. sets in. Isn't that weird? It's so weird. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, I, that's funny you bring that up. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. This morning I tried to get dressed and I, and I struggled, I struggled with everything <laughs> and I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like why can't I put on a shirt? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm second guessing everything. And it was, I, I don't live with anybody. I was just like, wait a second. These thoughts are not coming together correctly. Yeah. Let me go check my, my Dexcom. So, uh, and I was low. The ones that I hate the most, I don't know if you guys have experienced, I've, I've talked to a few people that have, but it's that, that out of body low, like oh, you're, yes. you're going through your morning routine, like nothing's wrong. And in your head, you're like, I'm low. I, I've got to do something. Uh, I've had a couple of those since me and my wife have been together. Um, How low were you? One, we don't, we don't truly know. Um, and there's, there's a great story to go along with that one. We'll um, get to that. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get in there. But throughout the process of actually having a hallucination with that one. We've, I read yeah. about this. Yeah. It, Who it, needs LSD when you can have diabetes? Exactly. It, but that was my first time ever dealing with that aspect of it. And of course I'm completely out of my gourd on that one. And she went and got, <laughs> got juice or something and gave it to me during, during all this going on. And even when I came to my blood sugar was back to normal. Like I couldn't get out of the hallucination. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was still going Interesting. and it wasn't until I got up into like the one fifties, one sixties that I finally realized I was like, man, that's I'm what just happened. Yeah. Ooh. And I was like, that was, that was weird. And I still have those images in your head. Yeah. I know of, I get it. of what was going on during that whole deal. Here's my question on that. And I'm going to throw this out there and I'm sorry that your family, one of your family members, they think died from a low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. But did that person not get to that point? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I've been very blessed with, I could recognize it when it got to that point. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I did or if my body kicked in some glucagon or whatever, but man, what didn't click on that person to to bring them out of that? And that's, 
Do you know, Ryan? It's sleep. If you're a deep sleeper? I mean... Deep sleeper, is that a word? Yeah. I mean, I, all of us yeah. are just one, um, one too many shots at the end of the night, or one really stressful You're evening, ex- exhausted. or mm-hmm. one extra long bike ride right before yeah. bed with a yeah. light dinner and the backdrop of having a basal right that's just a little bit too hot. We're all yeah. that close to being away from it. Yeah. I mean, because once you start seizing like that, I mean, you're, you're already, you're already out of being able to detect. Yeah. You've kind of already, already missed it. It's off hmm. your radar. It's gone. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, you're good. But there's always a precipitating factor that goes along with the two. There's usually something in the background. Have you ever had a seizure? Yeah. Yes. Middle yeah. of the night or? Um, I had one grand mal seizure when I was 18. Um, and that was sometime during the night. I don't know how late into mm-hmm. it it was. Um, but I was... I had moved into my dad's house for for a few weeks and in a strange place that I didn't yeah. didn't know and yeah. ended up uh, crashing through a, a coffee table um, and nice large scar on my back from that one and then falling down a flight of stairs Jeez. and at about the time I got back up the stairs trying to get to the kitchen to to get something um, that's about the time he came home. And realized what was going on and got everything situated. The other times I had, I had about four, four or five when I was growing up. And uh, one being uh, when my brother had to, had to call the firemen and they had to restrain me to get everything taken care of. <laughs> two, two when puberty hit, uh, which puberty with diabetes is just shit. Yeah. 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 Big yeah. 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 It's a wreck. <clears throat> Sorry, and, parents. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a fun deal. And the other one, I was probably... Just going to it open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, open-minded. yeah. It's, Who knows? Yeah. I, hey, we've seen where some have controlled it with some of the new technology out there, but others that it is, it, it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I think I was probably seven or eight when the other one happened. Um, one that they took me to... It was when Children's Hospital was still just Children's Hospital mm-hmm. and OU was mm-hmm. either OU or whatever it was at the time. And somebody had to literally carry me from one ER to the other while I'm, I got out of the point of having, having the seizure, got enough in me to that, but it wasn't enough to cover everything that was going on apparently. Yeah. And they had to run across the street and take me to the other wow. ER. And Man. yeah, it's cheaper than an IMSA vehicle. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weird that that is what these. Yeah, I remember at one point in my Man. life telling my parents, and they never micromanaged me. Mm-hmm. Like they handed this disease to me in a very kind fashion. And as a Capricorn, I took the bull by the horns mm-hmm. and, and ran with it. But I remember at one point, and I think I was in college, and. I said to my mom, there were weird things that were going on in the night. I lived by myself Mm -hmm. and I said, I think I'm having seizures in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and there's no way to, what do you do? Well, like, how do you prove that? Yeah. Dexcoms didn't exist Mm -hmm. and things like that. And, and then I started kind of thinking about what was I doing prior to that? Mm -hmm. I was drinking cheap beer. I was doing, or drinking way too much IPA and not knowing the effects that that had because Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I'm not going to say I was, I was, uh, I wasn't testing like I Mm -hmm. should have been. So uh, yeah. I hear you. For anybody at home thinking, oh, well, we've got our Dexcom now 
and we've got insulin pumps mm-hmm. and I don't see how this could ever happen to my kid or this mm-hmm. could ever happen to me. Well, think about the person that doesn't have insurance yeah. that's riding on shots, testing once or twice a day because yeah. they're yeah. low on strips. Yep. And the people who wear Dexcoms and the people who are hooked up on pumps, that's the minority still. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who who have, you know, less resources. Yeah. And so I mean, it just makes your it makes the buffer of how far away you are from one of those seizures, mm-hmm. just a lot farther apart when you have some of these other things more technology. And think about how much harder it was 20 years ago. Yeah. I was there. Like, yep. Yeah. How mm-hmm. inaccurate the mm-hmm. meters were back then and how people were still taking uh, NPH yeah. all the time. And that mm-hmm. was all people took. What yeah. did you start on? What was your insulin? Uh, R and NPH. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, still, they still put people on that in the yeah. hospital quite a bit. And what's crazy yeah. is they still, that's now what, like if you want to buy a Walmart brand, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And when I lost my medical insurance, somebody on one of our social media things was like, oh, we'll just go back to blood. I was like, are you high? Yeah. Like, this is what my body needs. And that, <laughs> are you high? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. I can't go back. No, I had to do that. Uh, it was about two years ago uh, in a job transition. Oh God, and, you've been through it. Yeah. And, you know, used to using Humalog and how quickly that affects and <laughs> regular, what is it like? Oh, two hours oh, later? It took, it took forever. Like I, there was. They one, say thirty one, minutes, but let's be honest, we know no, that's not the it case. Was, and luckily, like when I did my transition of jobs, I went to work with one of my good friends, and he's like, "You're you're not okay, are you?" I was like, "No, I'm just gonna sit in your office here for a while." <laughs> he's like, "All right, just don't die on me." And I was like, "Thank you. Not not gonna die. <laughs> do my best. Good. And and you know, took that, and it just. Oh, it made me feel horrible. And I've, I had to call my doctor. I was like, listen, we got to figure, figure something out. Mm-hmm. And luckily hooked me up with some Humalog. Nice. And, yeah. but yeah, it was used it for one day and that was it. When it mm-hmm. when uh, it doesn't matter, but yeah, I have to say too, going back to the insulin and there are so many, we'll put this in the show notes. And I know we've mentioned this before for people, cause I am a part of it, like a T1D women's group and everything on social media. Mm-hmm. And, I hate to say it, but there's a black market out there that, Hey, I need Traceba so bad. Does anybody have any? Yeah, I've got it. Does anybody have any test strips? And, Mm -hmm. um, I recently, I've lost my insurance since October dealing with Walmart just this week. I have a Sanofi discount card that five Lantus pins Mm -hmm. are $10. Well, when I went to update or to refill my prescription they're not recognizing that i'm getting in a fight with the pharmacist yeah. i'm going crazy and my, my uh i get a message saying that my prescription is ready and it's one thousand eight hundred and seven dollars yeah. and i'm like you know what you can fuck yourself yeah. and let's fix the system <laughs> so i pulled everything up and talked to the pharmacist last night he called me back this morning he said well i went through all the discount cards that you've given me um through the pharmaceutical companies and they still only brought it down to 834. Yeah. And he goes, but I found a random one. And you're never going to believe this, but your copay is zero. And I said, get, let me get this straight. I'm getting five Lantus pins for nothing. Nice. He goes, yeah. And they go, I need your name. I need your personal cell phone. Number. Yeah. So well, next time that I have a problem, like you're going to be the go-to because the rest of the staff doesn't understand yeah. how to put all these cards in. And literally Man. that was this morning at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You get it. And he goes, wow. you can't live without this. Yeah. Fortunate for you. Unfortunate for that guy. Because yeah. <laughs> yes, he knew I'd stock his ass. Yeah. I'm like, I can't live without this. Well, and and we, I, can't, I don't have $1,800 laying around. No. And that no. was, you know, that's absurd. 
totally ridiculous. Well, we just did a, we did a post on the Beatus Bros about my personal experience you know, with with healthcare the way it is right now is just fucking wreck. I've never dropped this many f bombs. Yeah. saying that we, you know, through through the state healthcare, you can't get it if your job offers benefits. Right. Yep. So I sign up for my job's benefits. Well, it's $1,400 a month. Now, mind you, I have four kids. It's going to be more expensive. But so paying $1,400 a month, when I'm used to insurance for my whole family with, with other organizations being, you know, five, six, seven, maybe $800. Still. Right. Is, yeah. And then I get, I call my insurance to find out, you know, I go to the I go to the pharmacy and they're like, well, your Humalog's not covered. I was like, what do you mean my Humalog's not covered? They're like, it's it's not covered. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you, I was like, you're, you're messing with me. Then they're like, no, it's not covered by your insurance. And of course, give me the astronomical number in order to stay alive. (laughs) And so I call the insurance. I was like, so Humalog's not covered. And then of course I'm shuffled around to four different people before I finally get someone that can answer everything. They're like, oh no, but you can switch to Novolog. And I was like, that doesn't work for me. Right. And I was like, you know, and they're like, well, it, it works for everybody else. Their metabolized like, different though. It really is a different. It's so different. And that's some people I, do it smooth, but some people don't. And that's what I told them. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't adjust to my body well and do what I need it to do. And they're like, well, you can go through this hoop, this hoop, this hoop in order to get through it. I reached out to one of my buddies who had been through the same deal. And he's like, this is what you got to do. And who so, has the fucking time for that? Nobody. You, and, you're taking days off of work to have these conversations. And with as busy as all the Indos around here are to yeah. get their staff on board to do anything, yeah. it, it mm. just doesn't happen. They're so busy. Yeah. yeah. Very busy. And, and so then I call them today and I was like, let me see if my Lannis is covered. And they're like, oh, absolutely. We cover your Lannis. It's only a $284 copay. And I was only. like... The only, only. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> there were some choice words exchanged in this this whole thing. And I'm like, so I'm paying $1,400 a month to you guys to be covered by insurance. And then I have to pay another $284. I have to pay for my Humalog out of pocket. I was like... You're to, looking at three grand. Yeah, I was like, to be insured, I'm paying twice as much as I could be without insurance. I was like, the only luxury I have is if something drastic happens and I have to be hospitalized. Exactly. And you know, luckily, with my wife is a just bulldog when it comes to insurance and doing all that. So she found us better coverage that uh, we'll have come July first. Nice. And found some loopholes in the state system. It's crazy. That. You got to be a bulldog. You have to. I need to talk to your wife. <laughs> yes. It, she she will walk you through. She'll tell you, okay, you click here, you go here, you go here, you type this and you do this, you do this, you do this. Mm-hmm. Boom. You're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that, like it's, you know, to be insured, it's either be insured or eat, have a roof over your head. Yeah. And complicated choices it is complicated choices my kids love to camp but we're not doing that on a regular basis (laughs) right so get this this is the last insulin type of scenario but uh, earlier this year i was on a psychiatric inpatient service Mm -hmm. and patients get admitted to the psychiatric psychiatric service that have type 1 diabetes and if this service had to give the patient lantus while they were on the service Mm -hmm. one unit was one dollar to their budget one unit 
is $1. So this verse stays for two weeks, and they're taking 40 units of like mm-hmm. this a day. That is so much money to yeah. them. I mean, that's like out it's of their pocket. It's cheaper than if we were having to buy it off the street. I mean, I, I can't think of how many... I, it's it's definitely cheaper than that, but that just was ludicrous to me. It sounded like it was that expensive, but then I started thinking about it like you. I was like, whoa, that's not that much exp- more expensive than what we already pay. Well, and thinking of like uh, when my mom had knee surgery last year or the year before, I remember seeing in a locked cabinet mm-hmm. that uh, a bottle of, I think it was regular, uh-huh. and I'm like, what the hell are they giving your insulin for? And we had talked about this with my Costi on podcast number five, is that I guess they administer insulin to a lot of people that have had pretty pretty serious um operations i guess and i'm mm-hmm. like i bet that bottle cost her a grand oh yeah you know to insurance and so. they took, so. they gave her 12 yeah. units locked it up so you can't take it yeah and i'm like what the f- what that? <laughs> yeah. sh- well, it's just the way the whole system's set up um i went in for pre-dka at one of the local hospitals who has a quoted quotations diabetic floor went in there Testing myself, using my own test strips, my own meter, the insulin I had with me, having to give my own insulin. Um, when they would check my blood sugars in the morning for my my pre meal mm-hmm. or my fasting blood sugar, and then administer the insulin, then it would take two hours to get my meal. So I would be in just a crash, and then getting my food, and I was like, "This is this is just stupid." and I tell the nurse that I've kind of became friends with that was trying to help out and get everything in the nighttime Timely nurse. Fashion, yeah, yeah. The nighttime nurse was awesome. The the other nurses, not so much. And I was like, I'm checking myself out. And they're like, You're still not stabilized yet. And I was like, I do better work at home. I'm doing all my own work anyway, unless you're here. <laughs> and she was like, Let me let me talk to somebody, at least stay through the night and let's I was like I was like, Okay. Well, luckily the the lead doctor on the floor came in the next morning with all his, all his students and all the doctors under him and just Ryan pipe like, masters. Yeah. And was like, this is a diabetic floor. Is it not? And of course, immediately they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yes it is. Yes, sir. And he's like, well then what the hell's going on? Like he's doing everything on his own. He's like, this makes no sense. And I mean, I'm sitting there just kind of clapping in my bed. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is guy actually standing up for what's going right. on. And, you know, if he would have been there when I got admitted, may have been a completely different scenario. Mm-hmm. But got admitted on a Friday night, and he didn't come in until Monday morning. And luckily I got the whole the three or four days that I was in there comped because of uh-huh. everything done. So it was it was a big win. Makes sense. It makes yeah. sense, yeah. But, I mean, if not, that was... That was a minimum of a ten thousand dollar doctor visit or yeah. a hospital visit. Did your bulldog wife help get that comp, or did they offer it? That was before her. Okay. So now I, I get to, to hold the torch on that one. I got it done myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, all of these experiences make what the Beatties Bros is doing so much more important because it keeps this lighthearted. We can still have an adventure with our life. Mm-hmm. We can still go climb mountains. We can still drive race cars. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. It keeps all that. It, I think it helps balance what is becoming a more challenging healthcare system. Yeah. And it keeps oh, you yeah. it keeps you vibrant mm-hmm. still. Like you can look at that stuff. You can watch one of those videos and think, hmm, all right, cool. I'll be fine. Yeah. This will be okay. This will pass too. I mean, and that's exactly what we want. I mean, 
I may have been blessed or cursed with all the all the stories that I get to <laughs> share, but if it helps one person, then it, I mean, it's all been worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. we believe in the same mentality mm-hmm. for sure. Same mentality. Well, I feel like we're going to have you as a regular guest, oh, like yeah. Mark Carter and Trish Winters and mm-hmm. some other folks, because as the disease evolves and the stories continue to mm-hmm. pile up, you know, we, we've got a lot of content here. <laughs> I can't wait to put together a panel with Mark Carter. Yeah. You know? Chris can obviously join us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that would just be an amazing group of people to bounce some ideas around. And maybe so that's that, something that'll be a summer project of ours. Maybe we can yeah, get to that absolutely. by the time the summer ends. Well, and as we, we have spoken at a couple of uh, conferences and things like that, maybe we, that's what we do. We create mm-hmm. a panel of all of us and yeah. the real life diabetes period. Mm-hmm. And here's how we, yeah, we could create a panel for just those types of things instead of having just to be an individual like mm-hmm. us talk about diabetes burnout. Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring all of us on and yeah. have our two cents. Yeah. Absolutely. Get a little song and dance in there too. Make it a, a make jig. it a theatrical mm-hmm. production. A diabetes yeah. jig. Yeah, we we have set production yeah. that we could bring. Oh my in. gosh, mm-hmm. and makeup. Shoot. And makeup. Yeah. I mean we we've got all the tools we need. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we can try we can try Future. to do this. <laughs> More stories coming soon. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us and uh, for being so active on social mm-hmm. media. Absolutely. And we'll be sure to link in all, all of your social media links to our podcast and everything. So reach out. These people will want to hear from you. Absolutely. Can't wait. He's got yeah. his phone ready and he's blowing up already. So <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. And it's, I mean, it's been fun and an honor to be on. Great. Uh, well, thank you awesome. so much. Good to hear it, Chris. Yeah. All right. It's a wrap. Daily grind, grind and grind and grind and grind. Didn't get this disease by eating too much candy. Sugar, it ain't a pager, it's a pump. But when I'm jonesing, it comes in handy. Tell me, sugar mama, what's your A1C? Are you into it? One last thing about the Beatty Spros. They've got this new competition coming to Oklahoma City. Two local radio show, show hosts, Anthony Fogel, Sam Mays. Um, one is a grad from OU played football. Another is a grad from OSU that played football. That's Oklahoma State University of Oklahoma. They're actually challenging the Beatties Bros in this athletic competition, and Chris is going to try to beat them in some format of sports, either golf, football. It's official. They don't know the dates yet, but it's going to be super cool. So if you're interested, just check them out on social media at the Beatties Bros on Instagram or Twitter. Same handle. Or just check out our show notes. Way. All that information will be in there. All of it will be in the show notes for sure. So just a friendly reminder, if you want to keep the episodes coming, you know, we throw this out at every show. Hopefully you're still listening that, uh, yeah, if you'd like to throw a little change our way, it absolutely helps, um, cover the cost of things. So it'd be great. $1, $1 billion would be great. Uh, whatever you can do. Sure. Or it just helps spread the word, helps spread the word about the show. That helps. It's simple. Just a few bucks. Yeah. On our PayPal account in the show notes also. And we know you're listening. We, we are just shy of 48,000 downloads. Every listen matters just as much. Yeah. Every iTunes review matters just as much too. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> okay. We have a gang of iTunes reviews. Thank you. We so, love them. They made me cry. Know this. If you haven't had yours read yet, it's coming. It's coming. Because we got some more shows coming throughout the summer. Yes. But for now, we're recognizing the name 
74 Mawamama. Not sure what the meaning is behind that name, but I like it. It's got, it's got some flavor. Hmm. This iTunes review comes to us, five stars, and it's labeled, Real people, no filter, thank you. I'm a mom of a type one, diagnosed in the last two years. This podcast continues to provide me with great info and great perspective. My daughter is not the only one fighting this daily beast. Amber and Ryan live it every day too. Their perspective as adults living with type one gives me a wonderful glimpse of my daughter's future that no one else can give me. As a mom, it's something I think about all the time. I'd love to hear a podcast with Amber and Ryan's parents. And how about a Kansas City happy hour? Well, Uh, These are all great ideas. They are all great. We've had your parents on, but that was episode five. I mean, that's been quite some time. That was a a really long time ago. And you know what? While we're still talking about all this, and hey, hey, just sorry, I'm wrapping something up, uh, is send us an email with your mail, your information so we can send you a t-shirt. Yeah. Shoot us an email. Info at diabetesdaythegrind.com. And we have a new challenge. We have a new challenge. And if you haven't seen it, you need to look it up. It is the shoot up or shut up challenge. Hashtag shoot up or shut up. Yeah. Check out the site. Check out our social media for more info. It has to do with your parents. And we'll challenge them. No, I will call them. It wasn't a dirty joke either. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. yeah. Excellent. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. Thanks for the listen. Yeah. And cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Cheers. A little thing called diabetes It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind It's a daily grind and it grinds and grinds